0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: This podcast is brought to you by Midland Radio USA, your leader in overlanding and off-roading communications. Also, join the brigade at truckbrigade.com, the best of the best for off-road and overlanding gear, and rigid industries off-road lighting. Own the night with Rigid.
0: Welcome to the Anderson Overland Podcast.
1: Well, hello and welcome back to the Anderson Overland Podcast. My name is Joey Anderson and I am your guide host on this fabulous evening. It is Thursday at 1045 p.m. It is the 30th of December and man, what a year that's been. Uh, I know I can probably speak for everybody that that was a humdinger. <laughs> Good grief. But hey, here we are and a new amazing year is is upon us and I'm pretty stoked to see where that goes. So um, welcome back. Yeah, I am going to try and knock this out here. I got to go to work here in a couple hours, about three more hours, four more hours. I got to get on the road for California from Arizona where I live work. I'm starting a little 96 hour tour at the fire station, changing to uh, the medic engine from the ladder truck. I usually work on an aerial uh, ladder, ladder truck in the fire service. Um, it's called a, a quint. It's a 105 foot aerial ladder and uh, has a pump on it. And we cross staff a hazmat unit. And I'm switching from that assignment to a new station and on a medic engine, just a normal fire engine. So that'll be a pretty big transition for me. I haven't been on an engine in a while, so I'm just diving right into it four days straight. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting. Got to get used to that again. I've been on a ladder truck and hazmat for, gosh, for the last couple of years, pretty pretty regularly. And um, that's all I've been on since I promoted a captain. So it'll be good. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It'll be some new challenges and I uh, have to get dialed on some things that I haven't done in a while and that's good. It's good for growth and and change. So, looking forward to it. But, we're going to try and knock this out. This is this is uh, you know, our journey up 395 part 3. We're going to be talking about some of the more northern areas and some crazy experiences that I've had up above Mammoth in the Lee Vining and uh, Virginia Lakes area. So, yeah, so coming out of June Lake. And you guys that have listened to the last couple podcasts have heard me talk about June Lake and our awesome secret camping spot uh, in northern, uh, the northern part of June Lake, north of O Ridge Campground, out in the wilderness out there. And, you know, if, if you come out of June Lake, right above June Lake, California, is a beautiful place called Mono Lake or Mono Lake. It's, it's in a town called Lee Vining. Those of you that are familiar with the northern part of three ninety five highway three ninety five. Lee Vining's a little little town that you cross through on your way to Bodie and uh, bridgeport walker and and you know on your way up to like Lake Tahoe area on the three ninety five. and it's a really, really neat place to go and to experience, actually. I, you know I, for years I had driven through there when when I was young with my parents and you know over the years by myself and not, never had I ever ventured on dirt roads out of Lee Vining or to Bodie Ghost Town or Bridgeport. And one year we did. We did with uh, my buddy Josh Wilkins and his wife Kathy and their kids. We we led the way and they followed us in their truck. And we found a road that comes out of Mono Lake that was just awesome. So we're going to talk about that. And I'll, I'll tell you guys about our experience <laughs> up that road and what we came across. It was there were some pretty gnarly experiences and, and just beautiful, beautiful places to see. And so, yeah, so Mono Lake is pretty crazy. It's, I really don't know much about it. It is a, a lake that is not very, I don't know, people visit it, but you don't get in it and swim in it. I think there's parts of it that are pretty shallow and I think it's very, very salty, almost like a salt and sea. There's there's tufa fields that are like these growths that come out of the ground there and it's just a really weird odd place it's a huge lake actually and there's some islands out in the middle of it and things like that the only the only thing that i've done really around mono lake is is traveled around it we've gone out there at night when i when i used to spend a lot of time in june lake california spent a lot of time there and and we would go out there at night on full moon nights and watch the stars and, and do all sorts of rad stuff with our friends out there in the middle of the night. It was super cool. a lot of good memories there, but yeah, Mono Lake is a pretty neat place to to see. And there's a visitor center off the 395 from for Mono Lake that you can check out. Um, right, right past Tioga pass, I believe, or right, right before it. But there's a really neat road that goes to Yosemite from right there called, um, I think it's Highway 120. It's Tioga Pass. It goes off to the left. It only goes left as you're heading north up the 395, and it's pretty amazing driving up that road into Yosemite. I have, gosh, I mean, just breathtaking views. I've never seen scenery like that in my life. Uh, on the way to Yosemite is, I've only been there once, and and the time that I did go there, we took that that way to get up to Yosemite, and my goodness. I can't even put it into words, honestly. It's just something you have to experience in life. It's just an amazing place to uh, to travel through. Beautiful slopes, big lakes, snow-capped peaks, even, even in the summertime. Really neat road. It's super steep uh, initially once you come out of Lee Vining there and, and get up to the uh, summit to Tioga Pass. But once you get into the gates of Yosemite, it just, man, there's so many cool, like huge meadows and streams and lakes and rock climbing and vistas, things you can, you know, you can do up there hiking. And we we pulled off the road at several, several spots where you could just overlook Yosemite and it was just amazing, man. I know I say incredible, amazing all the time, but it was just one of those lifetime memories that you know i don't know i'll always carry with me i haven't been up there since but that that one time uh i want to get back up there but that one time was uh, just life changing for me pretty cool so on the corner though right there at 395 and Tioga Pass the road that goes up to Tioga Pass there's a gas station it's a mobile and in the summertime they on the weekends, they have like concerts and all these just huge get togethers there and all the locals and tourists and stuff that are coming through there all gather. And they've got a a little deli in there. It's called the Whoa Nelly Deli, if I remember right. And they serve pizza and beer and all the stuff. And people are just chilling right there in their, their little um, outdoor seating area. It's pretty big, actually, they bring a bunch of tables out and stuff. And people are just chilling watching these bands, these folk bands or classic rock bands or whatever they are. And It's almost like a destination. Whoever owns that thing is a freaking genius because it's like one of the only gas stations in the area and it's just, it's just this awesome environment there. They just, they just give it this cool vibe. So definitely if you're driving through there during the summer, you definitely have to go to the Woe Nelly Deli right there at the mobile. Um, You can't miss it. It's on your left-hand side as you're, you're coming up to uh, Lee Vining from the Mammoth area, June Lake area so i would definitely recommend that and as we made our way through lee vining that year with my buddy josh and his wife kathy there's a road that we just decided to to take and we were like you know we were exploring and um you know we're overlanding we're, we're checking things out and having a great time so we, we made a left on this road it was called Lundy lake road and it goes up to Lundy lake if you keep going straight up this road. Well, we didn't go straight up this road. We got to an area called the Wilson Creek Mill area. It's an old mill that was there back in the day, I believe for mining. And there was a ton of mining remains and stuff up on the mountain there above Wilson Creek Mill. But on the way up there, there's a road that that veers off of Lundy Lake Road, called Powerhouse Road, and it goes to a what I believe is a hydroelectric powerhouse that's there uh, against the foothills. And in Wilson Creek Mill Creek area, right there, uh, you take Powerhouse Road up and around, and it actually starts heading north. Lundy Lake Road goes from Highway 395 and goes goes west into the mountain and up up to Lundy Lake, but it veers. Uh, into Powerhouse Road or you can make a right on Powerhouse Road. And it starts heading north towards the summit up there, Virginia Lakes and dropping down into uh, Bridgeport. So we took this this road and it, it ended up uh, kind of becoming, uh, you know, challenging in spots and became this really amazing experience for us. And when you first start going up Powerhouse Road, there is a an area there. I actually have the um, the coordinates and the um, location of it, if anybody is interested, it's a it's an obsidian rock uh, outcropping off the road, and you can obviously tell that there was some kind of volta- volcanic activity there at one point. I mean, volcanic activity is all over that area of California. Um, But it's pretty cool. You can you can see like real obsidian. I mean, it's a huge rock. It's almost like uh, God's Eye in Big Bear Lake on the east side of Big Bear Lake, which is a huge huge rock of quartz. I don't know if any of you are familiar with that. I've talked about it a little bit, but there's an obsidian rock right there in vining off of this road, Powerhouse Road. Really cool. So you got to check that out. You can't miss it. You you drive right past it. It'll be on your left. And as you continue up this road, there's mines and all sorts of stuff up on the hills there above you to the left, and uh, which would be the, the west uh, side of Highway 395. And as you go up this road, we're, we're driving up and you know we, we went and explored some of these mine shafts and stuff up on the hillside. And as we came back down and started heading more north on the, which becomes Wilson Creek Road, I believe, from Powerhouse Road we ran into this little dog leg to the right and we saw what looked like a structure or some kind of fenced in something over there. And so we, we drove over and uh, it was a cemetery and we were like, what the hell is a cemetery doing out here? Well, back in uh, 1911, there was a massive avalanche through there and apparently there was a little town called Jordan, I believe, and it took out a bunch of people. And there was a plaque there, and it said, Avalanche of 1911. There was headstones and everything inside this thing. And it said, uh, Not far from this site, in the early morning hours of March 7th, 1911, a massive avalanche roared down the east slope of Copper Mountain and wiped out the town of Jordan. Eight people were killed, including Robert Mason, the chief engineer of the power plant, which I'm assuming was Wilson uh, power plant there, Wilson Creek power plant or Mill Creek. I, can't, I think it might be Mill Creek actually. Only his wife and his dog survived. This snow slide was the worst of several occurring in and around Mono County during the winter of 1910 to 1911. Rescuers coming from Bodie, which is a ghost town up there, and Lee Vining were forced to travel by snowshoes or skis as all roads were impassable. Additionally, contact with other communities was severed as all telephone lines were down. It took several days to locate and identify all the victims. Most were later buried in a nearby cemetery, which is the one that we found. It says, um, today remnants of foundations, miscellaneous debris and eight headstones stand as silent reminders of one of the most devastating events in Mono County history, dedicated September 10th, 2011. So pretty, uh, pretty crazy. You you know, it's, uh, it's amazing when you're up there and you're, you know, you're, you're witnessing this area that this, this tragedy happened and, and it's just out in the middle of freaking nowhere in the wilderness there. There's just this, you know, fenced in, area and a bunch of headstones, you know, the cemetery out there and the headstones have been there forever. It's it's pretty neat. You can see the outlines of, of all the, um, burial sites and stuff. And, um, the actual coordinates for this, if you want to look it up on Google maps or Google earth, I'm going to give these to you. It's a really neat place. And I just ask you that you, you would respect that area if you ever make your way out there. But if you type this in, um, it's thirty eight zero five four four three two seven, then put a comma and then put negative 119.1747086. And that should bring you right to this cemetery and you can kind of check out the areas around it. But anyways, we made our way past that cemetery there and ended up driving up this crazy road that just hugged the super steep cliffs and became a shelf road and just like you know it just scissored its way up this slope and we're driving up this thing for hours and it just you just keep getting higher and higher and higher and we we ended up driving through some snow patches and it got pretty hairy in some spots where you know the dirt was still you know pretty wet the the ground is still pretty wet and the road is pretty muddy in spots on the way to the summit and as we got to the summit we realized that we were dropping into an area called virginia lakes if you guys are familiar with that area at all uh, virginia lakes is um, a destination that you can get to off of 395 at the top of the summit there above mono lake uh, before you drop down into bridgeport california and you take this road up to virginia lakes and it dead ends into this really neat lake and camping ground and little market and stuff it's it's somewhere you really needed to, to uh, experience and check out a lot of fishing great fishing up there and hiking and uh, some other places you can get to you ready showtime on may 3rd summer starts with the fall guy
0: he's doing later let's drink a spicy margarita make some bad decisions yes
1: were like, wow, I, I, it's crazy that we ended up here. We, we didn't know where that road led. And, and after hours of trucking through, you know, some pretty gnarly country, we got to Virginia lakes. And then I decided, well, you know what, let's keep going North. Let's, let's try and get to, to um, Bridgeport just all off road. And so we continued uh, back down Virginia lakes road and made a left on this trail. Yeah. And this road, if I remember right, it's called Dunderberg Meadow road. And it veers off to the left. Goes through like Green Creek, Green Valley, and um, you can't really miss it as you're heading down from Virginia Lakes. And we took this road into the wilderness, and it continued to hug the foothills there. Uh, you know, on the uh, eastern-facing aspect of the uh, Sierras, west of three hundred ninety-five highway. Three hundred ninety-five. We were hugging these foothills, and there's just so much to see, so many just crazy offshoot roads and just beautiful meadows and everything, and we ended up finding these crazy small little cabins that were out there in the middle of nowhere. I mean, it was gnarly, like the road getting to these cabins and the the road narrowed and, and kind of started zigzagging downhill. And we got to this Creek and it was really cool. A little water crossing. We went over this Creek and there was just so much water. There was Obvious campgrounds and areas where people had camped that were just—I mean, I'm telling you—there was like a foot of water covering, I don't know, a football football-sized, football field-sized football field area uh, where people had you know camped before, and there was just so much runoff from the from the uh, the snow that that previous winter that everything was just just so bogged with water, and we got down to the section where it was a mud bog, and it was probably I don't know, maybe. 40 yards 50 yards long and it was the trail with water running across it and it just created all this crazy deep mud and uh we just I you know I looked at it and I got out and walked around it a little bit and was like I I mean there's no way we can turn around and go back we're so far in let's just keep going so I trucked through it and just blazed through this huge mud bog and and uh, my buddy Josh was also able to get through Amazingly, we we safely got our families through this thing. It was so gnarly. I got like halfway through, and this huge wave of water and mud came over my my truck. I had the Forerunner, and it was uh, pretty nerve wracking. Actually, I was I was like, wow, I'm so glad we made it through through that. We would have been so screwed. I mean, if you guys are familiar with this area or this trail, uh, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. If you've ever been up in this area, it actually leads to a place called Dynamo, the Dynamo Mill, um, which was a hydroelectric plant for the town of, of Bodie, the uh, Bodie ghost town back in the day. So we ended up uh, getting through this mud bog and it, it just, you know, kept turning back and forth and weaving its way through the, the mountains there and just gorgeous country going through pasture areas where there were cows grazing. And we, we saw another mine that we passed. I can't remember the name of the mine, but uh, just really, really cool places to see on the way. And as we started coming downhill, we saw this huge patch of trees and uh, a really, really awesome river that was coming through and a lake that dropped into these like waterfall areas. We drove over to it and it ended up being that site that I was just talking about, the Dynamo Mill. And it was a hydroelectric plant. Uh, for Bodie, and um, it, that was the old site. There wasn't really any remaining structures or anything that we saw, but there's a, a nice little pond there that the river comes into, and then it rushes out of that into a little waterfall that's just awesome. I mean, so cool. The only thing that sucked about it was it was infested with mosquitoes at the time. I can't remember what time of year it was the last time we were through there, but there was mosquitoes everywhere. It was the middle of the summer. So if you're going to go to Dynamo, definitely uh, be careful of the mosquitoes. <laughs> definitely have something to protect yourself. But it's pretty interesting. I remember reading that the uh, hydroelectric plant there, the generator, was one of the first, if not the first, hydroelectric plant in the western United States at the time. And it was the the first of its kind and the only one in the area of its kind, uh, you know, as far as how it operated and it was funny, they said that the power lines that they built that went across the, the mountains across Highway 395 and into Bodie Ghost Town, which is far east of 395. This is west of 395, Highway 395. Those power lines back in the day, they believed that if they made those power lines go in a curve or branch off to the left or the right, that they were going to lose power and it wasn't going to work anymore. And so they they cut in this this line of um, of power in an exact straight line from Dynamo all the way into Bodie. No matter what obstacles were there, they made it a straight line because they were afraid they were going to lose power and it wasn't going to work. Which is crazy to think when you when you know that that terrain and and the road that goes to Bodie from three ninety five east there, how gnarly it would have been to bring that power. <laughs> to the town of Bodhi that way just insane uh, it, i you know it's it blows my mind how much innovation and technology there really was back in the day back in the 1800s and stuff and you know in the early 1900s and before then i mean even back to the egyptian days and and you know before christ and all that stuff it's just unreal when you watch these shows these these documentaries and you see all this stuff these people are able, able to accomplish with just so little and and nothing like what we have now and you know as far as equipment and things just amazing once you set your mind to it i guess you know what what you can accomplish so yeah so dynamo is really cool and as you continue down that dirt road from dynamo it just dead ends into bridgeport and we were like wow we're in bridgeport and here we are bridgeport's a really really neat town on the way to Lake Tahoe off the 395 is a big reservoir there and and it's a very historical town I definitely recommend checking it out it's kind of a a nice little stop there before you uh make your way to Lake Tahoe and and through uh Walker River and all that stuff up there which uh you know that section of road can get kind of tiresome and and you're out in the middle of you know nowhere and so um Bridgeport is a really a really cool destination before you start making your way that way up up to the, uh, the top, top of 395 in California. So anyways, yeah, super cool, super cool trail from Lee vining up to Bridgeport. And like I said, there was so much to see. There was little rivers and, and there was some, you know, there was some remnants of some old homes. And like I said, those little cabins we found and lots of water crossings, Just amazing. And there's, there's trails that, that, you know, offshoots that go off of that, uh, that trail, Green Valley, Green Valley Trail, I believe, like I said, and um, it's, it's pretty cool. So definitely recommend that do it in the summertime, preferably the end of summer, we we were kind of in the middle of summer, I think, and I think a lot of that runoff would have been dried up or a lot better towards the end of summer. And we wouldn't have been in so much uh, trouble in that mud bog, probably. (laughs) But hey, you know what? We didn't have to winch ourselves out or or do anything. Uh, We got out of it. So I remember really vividly, though, after we got out of that mud bog, I got out of the truck and I was like, oh, it looks like there's a camping area down here. And that was one of those ones that there was like six inches to a foot of water where the, the river That was coming through there. The creeks were just rushing right into this campground and just filling the entire space with water, you know, so deep. It was it was insane. I've never seen that much runoff in my life. And I think that was the same summer that in June Lake that there was water over the road at the uh, hydro plant down canyon from June Lake. uh, You know, the town of June Lake right there and and, uh, Double Eagle Resort between there and Silver Lake. Uh, it just was unreal. I, I've never seen that much water there. It was it was everywhere. So all the lakes were full. All the creeks were overflowing. It, w- it was awesome. And if you guys have not done any horseback riding up in that area, I would highly recommend that too. Uh, speaking of June Lake, there's a a cattle run that they do or a horse a horse run i guess where they they take all the horses from bishop into mammoth and june lake for the summers, so that they can do all their tours and horseback riding tours and stuff and you can actually do it with them it's almost like that movie city slickers it's what it reminds me of just amazing experience and um you know what if you ever get a chance to do that horseback ride up there it is awesome I love it. I love it. I wish I had horses. I used to have horses when I was a kid when I was really young. We had two horses at the, um, that we actually were taking care of for the homeowners at this house that we lived in. And I have some really awesome memories of that. I don't know why that sticks out in my mind all these years later, but I loved it. And we had friends that had horses and one of my best friends that I grew up with, his parents had horses and I just have really, awesome memories of going out there in the winter time when it's snowing and feeding the horses and taking care of them and just experiencing that just really neat. So I've always been a horse guy. I wish I had a property where I could have them because I can tell you right now I would. So anyways, that is the part three of our trip up highway 395. Our next episode is probably going to be an interview I'm gonna try and get my interview done with uh, Bryant, the owner of Dead Man Off Road. Been trying to schedule that, and it's just been nuts. We were gonna try and do that last month, and it didn't happen. So, just the holidays and things, and you know, I know they've been busy too. So, I don't want to bother them over the holidays. But I'm gonna try and hit them up here mid-January, and we'll try and knock that out. So, that'll be really cool. They they uh, they developed um, this really unique recovery system, off-road recovery system, and really believe in it and believe in them. They're just a, a bunch of really great people and and have a great business. So anyways, I'm going to go ahead and sign off. Like I said, I got to get up in a couple hours and get on the road and drive three hours into work, three and a half hours, probably more than that. Cause I think it's supposed to rain or snow through the Cajon pass, which is going to be super fun. I absolutely love it. Not really, but uh, here we go. So you guys have a wonderful, wonderful new year's Happy New Year, and I hope 2022 is better for all of us in so many ways. We're going to make it great either way. Don't live your lives in fear. Get outside. Have a great time. Enjoy the outdoors and enjoy 2022. Love you guys. Have a great one, and we'll see you later.
0: I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStan's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. You're listening to the Waypoint Podcast Network, brought to you in part by HuntStan, the number one hunting and land management app.